You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Teresa Curley. And we are your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us. We've had a great time already this morning. Because we've been talking about ourselves. <laughs> What's not to love? What's not to love? <laughs> no, the coffee definitely helps. Yes. Got to have coffee. Yep. But it's a Friday before a long weekend, and yeah. so we're pretty excited, even though both of us have to work tomorrow. <laughs> but again, it's with us. So, <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah. So we are moving right along this morning, and we are now talking with Dr. Jeremy Holmes. He is a professor at the Wyoming Catholic College. Good morning, Dr. Holmes. Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Wyoming Catholic College. Okay, a little bit about myself. I grew up in rural Arkansas as a Protestant. I'm from a convert family. Um, and uh, after a sort of a long path through Catholicism involving uh, a good undergraduate education, I went to Austria to get my master's degree in theology, ended up at Marquette University for a doctoral degree. And um, yeah, then while I was teaching graduate and undergraduate theology for a couple of years uh, in Florida, um, I started to hear about this place out in Wyoming that was just getting started in 2007. I had some friends here, uh, and as they told me about it, um, I I just couldn't resist. I, I, hmm. I came out here. Uh, it seemed like a better place for a teacher and a better place for a student. Um, and uh, so I, I, I was here as a ghost in the first year. They used my notes to teach theology. Um, <laughs> and then I was here in the flesh in the second year. And um, so I've been here in one way or another almost since the, the beginning of the college, and I've done, oh, gee, uh, I've done, I've worn so many hats. You know, I've, I've been yeah. academic dean, I've been a, just a teacher, I've, um, uh, I've taught theology, science, Latin, um, I'm doing teaching art history this semester. <laughs> uh, one, one of the joys of being here is that it is possible to flex a bit outside of one's specialization, you know, with mm-hmm. with support and monitoring. Um, so, um, yeah, what I do here is uh, is varied. The core of what I do is day after day I come in and um, spend several hours having wonderful conversations with intelligent young people. Wow. It's That's a great awesome. way to live. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Dr. Holmes, could you tell us a little bit about what Wyoming Catholic College is and what makes it so special? Because since moving to Sioux Falls, I'm discovering that a lot of people don't know much about it. And to me, I, I mean, I just love the place. I have three siblings here there now. And so um, could you share some of that? Yeah. So... There are several layers to what makes this a special place. You know, it's not just one one thing. Um, uh, this is a great books program. We we don't read textbooks. We read source texts. So, for example, in theology, my area, um, we're reading Church Fathers, Thomas Aquinas, Papal Encyclicals. We, we never read a textbook on theology. Uh, hmm. so that's one thing. Right away, you're in a different atmosphere when you're when you're in a great books program. Um, Another layer down. This is a this is an integrated program, 
which is to say all four years of courses are completely laid out and designed so that we don't have electives. Um, and that, that may sound negative, but in fact it's really positive when you're a teacher because, for example, um, I get seniors for a theology class And I know exactly what they've done for the past three years, and I can Mm -hmm. leverage all of it for our conversation that day. You know, it's it's kind of you know how in in martial arts they say that that you're supposed to get the whole uh, the whole momentum of your body behind the punch. Mm -hmm. Um, In in teaching the integrated program, lets me get the entire four year curriculum behind one conversation. That's very powerful, very very powerful Mm -hmm. for teachers and for students. Uh, So integrated program. and um, that that integrated program promotes a, a unified view of the world. You know, you don't um, you don't come out thinking, uh, say, just of biology or just of philosophy or just of theology, but hmm. you come out able to actually see the world united together the way it really is. Um, wow. And it, it unifies the person. So, so that's a second layer. But there's a there's a there's a, there's a third layer um, that is. When we talk about integration, we also mean trying to integrate the whole person. So this is also an education that's attending to um, not not just the mind, but also the passions, the imagination, um, those other sides of the person that we typically don't think of as academic. Um, So we have a great deal of stress, um, not only on our philosophy, that which we take very seriously in our mathematics and so on, but also on reciting poetry. Uh, singing songs, um, being in the wilderness, uh, viewing great art. You know, there's, 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 there are all these other uh, sort of non, non. Um, you know, I, I tend to say non-rational sides of the person. We just view that as part of the education. Um, so it's a. It, I, I've never seen another place like it. It's, hmm. it's very unique. It is very unique. Mm-hmm. It sounds very intriguing. Uh, Dr. Holmes, when a student is going to the college and they leave, and what kind of a degree do they have, and um, how can they, you know, what's their job perspective after they leave? Right. Right. That's a tricky question, um, because the, the central thing we're doing is, you know, what's traditionally called a liberal education, um, mm-hmm. which... Which means that we don't first and foremost focus on a job. Mm-hmm. The first, the, the, the main thing we're trying to do is offer an education that's simply good for human beings to make them better human mm-hmm. beings. Um, so that we consider what we do here to be simply worth doing, even mm-hmm. if nothing came of it. So, so day to day, we don't focus on on the career. Yeah. However, uh, it turns out coincidentally, that being a better human being makes you better for a lot of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, uh, our graduates have gone in all directions. Uh, we have um, uh, we have someone finishing up his intern uh, period as a, as a doctor here in Wyoming. Um, we have uh, someone working in Nebraska as a lawyer. Um, we have um, someone who's I think gone to the to the Dakotas as a, an electrician. I mean, just across the field of professions, uh, our our alumni have gone out and found good success, and that's essentially because um, they are both 
they, they know how to reason, they know how to think and, and learn for themselves, and they're, and they're also humble, right? They're, 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 um, the four years of trying to think critically have prepared them to take up whatever a job may demand of them, uh, and that, that attention to sort of wonder and, and the, the other side of the human person has prepared them to be willing to accept uh, learning uh, you know, from, from an employer or from, from a new school. Um, so um, we, in fact, we, we, we actually talk about our, our program also as a pre- preparation for leaders. I know there's a common line, but we see ourselves in the tradition of the, say, Roman education in ancient Rome, where there was you know, liberal education at that time, was literally, that was the education of the free people, that is the people who might be in the Senate and have to leave the country. Hmm. Um, and so even though we don't focus on a career, we do talk about it as preparing to be a free person in a free society, which is taking responsibility. It's a totally out-of-the-box thinking, and I love it. <laughs> because I, I just sent my daughter, who's 18, off to college. Um, and we all know most 18-year-olds still have a lot of growing up to do. Um, and so oh, I really yeah. <laughs> I love this approach uh, that the college is taking because um, they're very formative years mm-hmm. and very important years in a person's life. And for some people, it makes or breaks you. Mm. Right, right. Well, so for example, um, along the lines of, of what you were saying, we have our outdoor program. That's another thing that usually strikes a visitor right at first. Is, is we have a liberal, a great books liberal education with an outdoor program, and, and people wonder what what is that even doing here? Um, well, it's doing a number of things at once. But one of the things that we do with the outdoor program is um, students who are doing a three-week or a one-week wilderness expedition, they rotate through the group, each one of them taking the leadership of the group for a day. Uh, and so there's, there's a day where you have to look at the maps, you have to decide whether we're going right or left in this trail, you have to decide whether this river is safe, um, and, uh, and all those choices actually have real consequences uh, because you're very, very far from the nearest hospital the nearest grocery store should you run out of food, right? And and so it's during those formative years, it really helps to impress on young people that life requires decisions, and decisions really have consequences. You know, and yeah, it's time to stand up straight and take responsibility for life. Wow, that's really awesome. So that is part of their curriculum when they come to Wyoming Catholic College. Those are credit-bearing courses. They, wow. the, the first thing they do is three weeks in the wilderness, and then every year after that they spend a minimum of two weeks in the wilderness uh, doing a, a whole variety of different uh, kinds of trips, backpacking, rock climbing, ice climbing, canoeing, whitewater kayaking, just various various kinds of things. And really the idea behind the, the, the variety is to make sure that no matter how experienced they are, they're always going to be challenged on the next trip. And hmm. taken beyond where where they had gotten comfortable, and forced once again to um, to wrestle with this fact that life um, doesn't consist of the comfort zone, <laughs> um, whether that be whether that be physically or intellectually, right, or spiritually. Yeah. Um, growth 
you know, the, the, a tree is not growing at, in the center of its trunk. It's always growing on that thin outer outer ring, right? That's, mm. that, that, that's the way we are as well. Amazing. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. Jeremy Holmes. He is a professor at Wyoming Catholic College. Just talking a little bit about the college and what it entails um, and their approach uh, to the college life. We have more to talk about. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to have Dr. Jeremy Holmes on the other side. We're going to talk more about Wyoming Catholic College. Stick with us. I'm Heather Caro. I'm Teresa Curley. And you're listening to Real Presence Live. We'll be back with more right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. How has Real Presence Radio impacted your life? Tune in September 15th through the 17th as our listeners join us live on the air to share their beautiful stories of how Real Presence Radio has inspired or impacted their lives. Join us September 15th through the 17th for the Fall Awaken Live Drive, right here on Real Presence Radio. So what I find is that's a very important time, and they need role models who are being able to teach them about life in Christ, about the beauty of our Catholic faith, the importance of adoration and prayer, but also they begin to ask the questions about what am I going to do with my talents? Is there a way I can use them as God wants them used rather than how am I going to be successful? I would say that while we always know the needs of our people uh, are you know, growing, so too is, I believe, the response of young people to serving God's people. I would say this is a wonderful time for vocations. The church has a lot to share and is very hope-filled. Look at Real Presence Radio. This is a sign of the Holy Spirit's work. It certainly came into being because of that. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Teresa Curley. And we're your host today for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're having a great conversation with Dr. Jeremy Holmes. He is a professor at Wyoming Catholic College. Um, We're just talking about the approach Wyoming Catholic College takes to the college life. Uh, One of the things that Teresa shared with me, uh, doctor, was that there's a technology policy. Can we dive into that a little bit? Yes. So um, one of the things that makes modernity peculiar uh, with, with, with its many blessings, uh, is that um, technology increasingly becomes the environment in which we live. 
mm-hmm. right? So, and some of that's unavoidable, right? We, we, we live in houses, then we have air conditioning and the windows are closed. Um, then we have computers with internet and uh, you're, then you're, you're, you have the light bulb and, and, and you don't have to open the windows to get light if you don't want to, right? So technology tends to more and more to isolate us from the world. And there are certain parts of that isolation that we have felt we simply have to resist, especially when it comes to isolation from fellow human beings. Mm-hmm. And our our stance from the beginning has been that cell phones have that effect. Um, that uh, with cell phones, I mean, we've all seen this, seen this around, right? A, a, a husband and wife go out to eat together, and they're both sitting at the table looking at their smartphones. Mm-hmm. instead of talking to each other or a group of friends walking down the street, all of them on their phones, mm-hmm. right? Or or people are looking at, a, at a, a natural wonder, but no, they're not. They're actually pointing their phones at the natural wonder and looking at the screen of their phone. <laughs> right. Um, there's so many ways in which this, this cuts us off from the world and from each other. And so we just took the radical stance that on campus, um, students are not going to have cell phones. Uh, awesome. And in the classroom, <laughs> students are not going to have laptops. Um, my very first teaching experience with, was with a room full of 40 kids, all with laptops open. And, of course, the back of the, the laptop is facing me. I have no idea what they're doing. Are they on Facebook? Are they actually taking notes? You know, I, and they're, one thing they're not doing when they're on their laptops is t- looking at each other and talking to each other. Mm. So we, we say no technology in the classroom, no cell phones on campus. Um, we do have Internet access. You know, um, they can they we, they do use laptops outside of the classroom, so we're not taking an anti-technology stance, mm-hmm. but simply saying our culture is going to govern our technology, not the other way around. Mm, I love that, mm-hmm. and it's just really cool um, seeing the students being able to like communicate effectively and just. I don't know. It's like a four-year break from something that the rest of your life you're going to have to deal with checking your cell phone all the time or whatever. Yeah. And so this is like four years where you can just breathe. It's so cool. I've heard so many comments from students about what a relief it is to be able to set that aside. And uh, visitors to the campus regularly comment on just how normal <laughs> it is. <laughs> people talk to each other. You know? uh, and people who look you in the eye and want to have a conversation. It's you know, it's it's not that getting rid of a cell phone makes one a great saint or holy, but it it helps one just be normal. Uh, wow! <laughs> and it, how quickly we have become so addicted to those cell phones and constantly looking. And it's been in a short period of time. How quickly we've lost touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. and as I said, there's 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 all the rest of the technology that pushes in the same direction. And now we're, we did we did not choose the stance that we will not have air conditioning or, <laughs> or right? we, we didn't go there. Um, but but in a way we did because we did insist that students will go into the wilderness regularly for long periods uh, to to not have all those screens and get reimmersed. Um, but there's there, there's a subtle danger, right? When when your entire environment is man-made, right? If you're a human being, and human beings have made the entire world that you experience, you're kind of in the position of a god in relation to, to this world that you experience. And if you live that way all the time, 
it's pretty understandable if you start to think of yourself as kind of like God and able to just do whatever you want. And it's very important to us for people to strip away that illusion at regular intervals and remember that, uh, no, there there is a God of the world. And you remember that by being faced with the world that he made. Um, So so we have the extreme version with the outdoor program and then the day-to-day, just what we see as the the, the necessary triage version, at least no cell phones, no laptops in the classroom. Wow. Very inspirational. That's very exciting. I want to come visit (laughs) and bring my kid. I want to come with you. (laughs) So if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. Jeremy Holmes from Wyoming Catholic College. Um, So if people want to find out more information on the college, um, what's a good website they can go to? Uh, wyomingcatholic.edu wyomingcatholic.edu so pretty simple pretty simple to find out more information and you're a professor there but you also are an author you have a new book that has come out or is coming out soon it, it is is has come out from Ignatius Press um, and uh, you can find it on the Ignatius Press website or any of the other major booksellers um, yeah it's titled Cur Deus Verba uh, why the word became words. So tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah, the title is a, is a play on another famous book. Um, St. Anselm uh, wrote a little treatise called Cur Deus Homo, Homo why the word, or why God became man. Um, and he was asking, what was, what was the motive for the incarnation? And uh, this book, Cur Deus Verba, why God became words, is uh, asking sort of what was the motivation God had in mind for making Scripture? But what's what's the goal? What's the final purpose of Scripture? Um, and that that question came on my mind really when I was an undergraduate and read for the first time Saint Augustine's little book on Christian doctrine, where he talks about how to interpret Scripture, and he asked this question, this story, what is Scripture for? And, and it, it turns out to be the master key to, to solving a bunch of problems. And I was just, I was so impressed uh, by the depth of this question that it, it led me 20 years later to this book. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So, title um, again, if people are interested in it. <coughs> Sorry. Cur Deus Verba, that is C-U-R-D-E-U-S B-E-R-B-A, why the word became words. Um, so we're looking at, um, yeah, so for example, you read Scripture and there are things that are hard to understand. There are even things that are scandalous in Scripture. You know, the passages yeah. we don't talk about, right? <laughs> the ones we skip at Mass. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and you think... Why is it that an omnipotent, omniscient author didn't just make a squeaky clean book that was crystal clear from top to bottom? Hmm. Um, and it turns out you can only answer that question when you ask, well, why did he make Scripture in the first place? If he made Scripture simply to convey knowledge to us, to give us a catechism, then it would make sense to make it as clear and, and, and accessible as possible. Um, but that's not actually the only reason he gave us Scripture. Uh, the real reason he gave us a Scripture is to impress Christ upon our hearts. 
Um, this is why. Um, well, this is why, for example, Scripture can't just be infallible words. It has to be the Word of God, because it needs to be impressing the second person of the Trinity onto our hearts. And sometimes the path towards becoming closer to Christ is through struggle, is through not understanding, is comes through being rattled. Uh, and hmm. so there are things in Scripture to make us struggle, to rattle us. Like the book of Joshua, right? Um, where, you know, why, why are we killing all the women, infant, children, and cattle? Uh, mm-hmm. What's going on here? It's very disturbing. Uh, and over the years, teaching Joshua again and again to undergraduates, I began to realize, I think one of the main benefits of the book is that it's disturbing. And I think that's actually why it's there. Um, and, but to see that, we, we, you have to think about what is Scripture for and realize fundamentally it's a spiritual companion. It's, 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 a, it's a text that impresses Christ on us. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Well, folks, if you want to check out that book, Why the Word Became Words, it's written by Dr. Jeremy Holmes. Um, Dr. Holmes, any last thoughts uh, before we need to let you go? Well, I, um, am I right that Teresa Curley is is the Curly of the, the famous Curly Brothers at Wyoming Catholic College. Yes, sir. <laughs> Recently, we, we, we were, uh, our freshmen were on the three-week uh, wilderness expedition, and we needed to get their re-ration, all their fresh supplies into them. And usually we use horses, but our horse packer couldn't make it. And so we had to just get a whole bunch of us with big backpacks and go out. I was with the group, and the leader of this expedition watched us get all our backpacks on, and he said to me quietly, wow, I didn't expect we could do this in one trip with all this weight, but I didn't know Thomas Curley was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, he walked, then he said to the whole group, he said, I'm really impressed with you all. I thought we were going to have to make two trips. And the group responds with great enthusiasm, you didn't know Thomas Curley was coming. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, the famous Curly family. <laughs> that was great. great. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you on, and I think we'll probably need to have you on again to talk more in depth about your book. It sounds really quite fascinating, Why the Word Became Words. Um, thank you, Doctor, for joining us today. Oh, it's been a great pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, it's time for another break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to have Father Gregor Luger on, Father Gregory Luger, because it is the feast day of Gregory the Great. So stay with us more right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 